Right, welcome to MZBC, the podcast for February the 9th, 2023, coming to you live again from various locations across the South Metro Atlanta area. Uh, we have a guest joining us tonight. We'll get, we'll introduce him in a second. Many of you will recognize his face uh, when you see him, and many of you will recognize his voice when he starts talking. Uh, so we're glad that he can join us tonight. But we always have, as always, Mr. Mike Reagan down in the bottom corner. Coming to you live from the Reclaimed, um, used to be the Reclaimed Studios at Mount Zion. Now it's more of the Reclaimed Studios at Mike's house. And so, um, <laughs> got that. Had his son running through earlier with no shirt on, all the stuff that happens when you film from home. So good stuff. And then E-Man, when he first logged on, he literally had no shirt on. Um, but he had, no, he had his camera turned off. So that he, was good. He had to light up here. <laughs> he had an angelic glow above his head. And so... Emmanuel, you good? All is well. All is, All well. is well. Good, good. Um, as you can tell, we got a little different look tonight. Um, me, like Eman said, and I'm I'm rocking with this one. We're not professionals, and so if you don't like the look, then God may be calling you to come be our producer. And so if you want to do any of that, you know, come on. But the fact, again, I'll, I'll reiterate this week to week, the fact that a pastor and an accountant and a mechanic can get video and sound from where we are to you, you should just say they're pretty awesome um, and, and, and roll with it. You so, should stick around. Like, I want to see how this turns out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be a total um, mess, but we, we pray that it's not. And then so down in the bottom left corner, everyone can see Mr. Rico Davis, um, former Mount Zion member. It's how we met. It's how we know each other. Former um, teammate when we played on the Mount Zion softball team together. Um, my golfing partner every week. So everybody, when you hear me talking about playing golf every week and people have seen me at my worst on the golf course, Rico has absolutely seen me at my worst on the golf course. <laughs> and so I'm thankful <laughs> that tonight he can kind of see me in, the, in my best, like when, when where God's using me and it's not just Russell. So Mr. Rico Davis, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks. Thanks guys for having me. Uh, it's an honor, actually humbled uh, to be invited to your podcast and to see what you know God is trying to do tonight to encourage others to come home to believing in Christ Jesus. For sure. Uh, like That's all we try to do. Uh, we started the whole podcast, Rick. I don't know if we've ever really talked about it, but the whole reason me and Mike, it's, I'll, give it, I'll give Mike all the credit. Uh, this is his baby. This is his idea. Uh, he's been wanting to do this for several years now. Um, and I'm the type of person that it is, I see other things added to my schedule, so I'll try to put it off as long as possible. But Mike, it's persistent, and I'm thankful that I have people in my life that are persistent. And so this is his baby, and we're just, um, I'm thankful that he heard from the Lord. So we try to use this as a platform so um, anyone out there, no matter who they are, can see just regular, everyday, average Joes uh, living for the Lord and what it looks like to actually be in the world and living and doing and um, trying to honor God with your life. Because I think what our our, our understanding is that most of the, the stuff gets put out there that's real um, churchy, I guess, if that's a word, or um, got a lot of religion attached to it. And we're more about the relationship and the um, conversation and all those kind of things. And so that's where we're coming from. And so as you hear the conversation tonight and jump in, that's the angle we're coming from. But that's not why we have you here. Uh, we want you to be a part of all that. But really, I just think that it's important for everyone that's listening and 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 watching to see people working together, I think is my, was my point for the whole thing. Um, around the community, uh, the more partners you can have doing ministry together, living life together, um, it, the better. And so I wanted you to talk, Rico, a little bit about 
Um, I guess you can talk about being at Mount Zion and, and how you, just anything you want to mention about that, um, where you went to after that, where you're at now, and then uh, what do you do at your current position and, and what's your passion behind all of that? Okay. Okay, good deal. Mount Zion. Yeah. Uh, that was the place where I landed at uh, when I moved down to the south side of Atlanta. Uh, my wife and I were looking for a church home, and fortunately for me, she had been there. And I wanted to make sure that I got to a place to where my son and I and my family, uh, I grew up in the church. I wanted to make sure that I passed that on to my family. And I found that place to be at Mount Zion at that time in my life. And uh, it did not let me down. And I met a lot of good people there. Uh, you know, one thing that impressed me about Mount Zion was not the fact that y'all got out of church early, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you got right to the point. You know, I heard more about Jesus being preached uh, than I can ever hardly remember. And it just, you know, went straight to the point And I love that. And I got that, you know, from Mount Zion. And so it kind of drove me closer to a relationship with him to want to lead and do other things. And so. You know, uh, getting my family, that was key. You know, my son, especially. Uh, I wanted to have a young man that, you know, grew up and grew up and uh, knew who Christ was. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't give him anything, uh, I wanted to make sure that he had that before I passed away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we met because of that and you got led here. We met Stacy Sadat, um, your mother-in-law. Her name is slipping right now. Sandra. Yeah, so they were all here, and then God um, worked in your life in some different ways, some some um, growing pains. We'll call it that. Like, there's too many there's too many details about like this things happening in people's lives, but there were some growing things that happened where you were li living the life as a dad and like making decisions yeah. that you felt were like this is what is best for my family, in which I fully support, and we've talked about them, and um, 100% it was the right thing to do. And um, where did God lead you from, from Mount Zion? Where did he lead you to guys to next? Uh, basically he led us down here. We were living in McDonough at the time, actually in uh, Stockbridge. And, uh, we had moved, uh, down here to McDonough. And fortunately for us, uh, the next place in line for us, we looked at a couple of churches and we landed at Eagles Landing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that was been very, very, uh, peaceful place for us to be at and to continue to grow in the ministry and learn as well and to uh just expand our opportunities to serve yeah. so eagles land in mcdonough mcdonough georgia down the street from my house Sweet. so wasn't too far yeah um, yeah no we all have friends uh mike's uh mike's family is attached to eagles landing because of school my family is attached to eagles landing because of the school um we love it for that reason um my kids have been in school at um, eagles landing christian academy since um, Elijah was in K-4, and so he goes into high school this year, and Olivia graduates uh, this year. And so well, I mean, he goes into high school? Yeah, bro. You're get, e man, you're getting older every time we meet, bro. <laughs> every time every we, week we meet, you're seven days older. <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, E-Man. So, yeah, so, like, we went to the driving range right before I came here to record. He's signed up for the golf team, and so he wants to do that. And I'm, I mean, he's just like somebody giving him one tip away from being better than me, bro. Like he's going <laughs> to, I mean, that's how I know I'm getting older. Um, I still got him only because he started like two months ago, but when he starts playing and they practice at Eagles Landing Country Club. And once that tour, that pro that's there starts giving them little pointers, 
yeah, dad's gone. So yeah, we're getting oldie, man. Like time is flying by. And uh, yeah. someone told me yesterday we were yeah. sitting in um, a meeting and they graduated in 2012. And I was just like, wow. It's not that far. That's not that far ago, though. <laughs> but still. I mean, 11 years. It's, 10 years, so, it's 11 years. Uh, I mean, even 10 years is a long time. They, they almost <laughs> passed out when, they, when I told them I graduated in 1995. They were like, was that a real time? <laughs> The late 1900s. What? <laughs> oh, I like that. Like you said that. Have you seen that um, TikTok video where that guy says, um, "So when you guys talk about you used to drink out of the water hose when you were kids, was there not sinks around?" And then this guy just kind of clips his video to it and starts talking in this old, like old Southern accent of the way Eman just said, like the night late 1900s, and he's using yeah. like the 1700s voice for it. I mean, it's hilarious. You guys gotta. Go find that and watch it. It's great. But yeah, um, I continue to remind myself. I'm continue. I don't remind myself, but the world continually reminds me um, how rapidly I'm aging and how easily it would be for me just to sit around like an old man in a chair, and I would be totally okay if I could play golf once a week and sit around the rest of the week. But um, just <laughs> slazy, I think is what the word is, Mike. If that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Don't point lazy on me. No, I'm talking. I thought you were going to say that about me because I I tried to no. get out of the podcast earlier. I texted them and I said, yeah, "Hey, you guys." I wasn't saying lazy, but you you tried to get out because you'd rather go eat than go home. Right. <laughs> I did want to go eat. Said, so y'all aren't tired? Uh, okay, I guess, I guess I, we're filming. I said, "Yeah, I'm tired." Mm-hmm. Well, we're recording. Yeah, I think recording is a good choice. I was just trying to. Uh, I was I was on that couch, man, and once you hit that. Cuddler on the edge of the couch, man. It's hard to get up. It's hard to get up. So, Rico, uh, Mount Zion, God calls you down to Eagles Landing. Um, and I remember for a while there, you were um, a couple different career paths. You started your own electrical business. That was very successful, I believe. And some mm-hmm. all that was going along well. Had a car wreck where you injured your back, like, for real, for real. Um, yes. Had that experience where um, the medications they give you to... Uh, make you feel better. Um, we're really working. We'll, we'll say it that way. And then <laughs> right. God kind of worked in your life a different way. You want to talk about that, any? Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, when I got here, uh, two years landing. It was funny. Uh, God always used children. He used my son to draw me to Mount Zion. Then he used my son to draw me to Eagles Landing. And once I got there, uh, you know, I knew uh, back in 2012 when I was doing electrical work. Uh, God was making a big move in my life. And it was at that time that I realized he had called me to preach the gospel. And man, well, what a what a what a trip that was, <laughs> you know, what a mind trip that was when you get that call. Uh, you know, and so you think you gotta be a certain way, but then life happens, you know, vehicle accidents, uh, you know, you you start a new business, uh, checks are not coming in, you know, you're getting jobs, gotta pay people, all of those things start to happen. And, you have an accident and everything stops. Mm-hmm. Can't get out the house. And the more you sit there, you know, your mind starts going to a place where it never went before. Like, what is this coming down? This is this is depression. What do you mm-hmm. mean that this is what that is? I don't know what that stuff means. Mm-hmm. And so your body goes through that and, and you're fighting like you're drowning, just trying to swim out of it. And God just used children over at Eagles Landing, my wife and I, Stacy. You know, I had just graduated from seminary over at uh, New Orleans Baptist uh, Biblical Teaching. And uh, I graduated from there like in December of 2016 and sitting in church probably back in, I think it was February, maybe March, I'm not for sure. 
sitting in there just like, hey, Lord, I've done this. What you need me to do next? And this guy comes in and starts talking about widows and orphans. Mm. Just, a, just a preacher, you know, that's coming in as guest speaker. So what do I do? At the church, I pick up the pamphlet and I just walk out the door and I go home. Two weeks later, it's still laying on the table and I'm doing electrical work. And my wife picks it up and says, hey, they're doing this thing tonight called impact training class. I'm like, yeah, and I'm doing a job tonight in this basement over here in Eagles Landing. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah, you come in there tonight too. And so sure enough, man, we had no idea what God was doing with that, that sermon uh, by taking care of the widows and the orphans. And he led us into foster care. You know, uh, we had no, that was not our, even our plan. But when I said I need something to do, he said, here's a, here's a lot for you to do. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I got my, uh, went through impact training class and we became foster parents to my now adopted children. And man, it's been the best blessing in, in my life uh, to have. You know, Jessica, who's 12 now, she was seven at the time, just turned seven. Charlotte, she's uh, seven now. She was 16 months. And Jackson, he's five. And he was a newborn. Mm-hmm. And man, God put that in our life after Sadat was already gone mm-hmm. <laughs> with children, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what are y'all doing? And so, but the passion with me for children, uh, God gave those three to us. And that has just changed my whole life even when i was going through depression we had people living with us and it was a child that was here named trinity uh, and so she was seven months i think at the time she was kind of in and out but man through that whole ordeal i was going through depression god was just showing me if i take care of her i'm going to mm-hmm. take care of you and that was that was what kept driving me and knowing that was brighter days ahead yeah. and so and, uh, you know, that's where he took me to at Eagles Landing uh, when we understood that this was our ministry. And it just felt natural to us. People were like, you know, got three kids, man. You can be able to do this. I'm like, what do you mean? Love them? I mean, <laughs> it's, it don't take no, no energy to love no one. Mm-hmm. And, man, and that's all I got to give. I burn up with love every day when I see these kids in my house wake up, you know. Yeah, when and you so and I, I um, yeah, thanks for sharing that because there was a um, there was a time there. And, and me and Rico probably did not communicate, I would say probably yeah. on the shorter long end of five to eight years, I would say. Like, it was a long time to where when we got back together and started playing golf, we were like, what What happened? Like, why did we right. just stop <laughs> hanging out? And I, I still don't know the answer to that. And it's just one of those weird things in life where people are a part of your life and then all of a sudden they're not. And you just like wake up one day and it's been eight years or something. Um, and so when we finally reconnected and started playing golf together and we're hanging out. Um, you mentioned the fact that, oh yeah, I'm about to adopt these three kids. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, you're, what are you talking about? Like parents live their lives to get to the point where your kids grow up and move out. And then you're like, um, you know, I'm free. And now you're like, you are free. And then you and signed up again. And so, yeah, yeah. you say, you humbly say it doesn't take any effort or energy to love someone. I would um, counter that would say it takes a lot of effort <laughs> to love someone. And so um, I hear what you're saying, though. I mean, you, God loved you and got you through what he got you through. So who are you to, like, not show that same love to someone else that's created in his image? Yeah, I get that. That's awesome. Right. Um, and that is the message that we're trying to get people to embrace, right? It's like uh, God has saved all four of us from different things, um, some worse than others, whatever. But 
that's what fuels our fire. That's what sends us out and wants us to, it makes me, I'll say that's what fuels my fire. I want people to experience the God that I experienced before they go down the road that I went down. Um, yeah. I said a little bit of that last night in Bible study. Eman, do you ever feel like, uh, because you grew up in church, um, you, you knew Jesus at an early stage in life, and we talked about this uh, a little bit last week, do you ever feel like the testimony of um, m- mine is so basic? Like, I, I, I don't know. Do you, how do you look at your testimony? Because you never really had that um, venturous where you ran out and just were like buck wild and God saved you from it. How do you look at that? Oh, that's a good question, actually, because it's um, I think I think I struggled more with it as a young younger Christian, like like middle school, elementary for sure, because the question is like, well, I see all my you know quote unquote friends and uh, people around me accepting Christ because oh, drugs, alcohol, <laughs> you know, the worst of the worst and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but you got me over there like well I, I grew up in church went to christian school uh graduated from christian school at, well not at the time but in christian school going through uh you know having bible class learning verses memorizing verses all that good stuff and i just so happened to i'm not gonna say so happened but i accepted christ just basically because i i, I heard the word so uh honestly i felt like maybe i just meant oh i messed up let me rededicate again and i, I was in that period of, of life of like oh i messed up this is my opportunity for a real testimony or quote unquote <laughs> But I, it, 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 it can be, I guess, difficult for, especially if you like have a story like mine where you grew up in church and you, mm-hmm. you know God to be the God he is because, because you see everybody else's testimony. Um, I think that's the, and it took me some time to realize that. And I think that's what makes, I guess, my story. I'm not gonna say the same, but just, just as strong, as powerful as the next, because just because I didn't have, I, just because I, I'm not as, I'm going to do it as a uh, metaphor here. You know, in, in Atlanta, they do a mud run. Just because I started off the, you know, I started off clean and, and nice and not as muddy as the next man doesn't mean I wasn't muddy either. Uh, yeah, I was muddy in my own way. So uh, I think that took me some time to realize that. But <clears throat> one thing I'll tell anybody who's struggling with that idea is, uh, yeah, you're muddy. You, the same guy that saved me is the same guy that cleaned up Russell, <laughs> Rico, and Mike. Right. So yeah. it's like, just because your mud is not red or your mud is not uh, dark mud or you're, you know, it's not as muddy as the next person doesn't necessarily mean that you ain't, you aren't muddy. Uh, and I feel as though, you know, when people hear, you know, the big time um, testimonies of, oh, God changed, changed my life from this big time center to, oh, now I'm this. Yeah, you're a big time center too. Just because you didn't do what this guy was doing, you were still a big time center. And I think it took some time for me reading, diving in the word, and understanding that sin is sin at the bottom line. And and older I got, the more I realized, well, sin literally is that. It's no, it's no higher sin than the other. Sin is exactly sin. <laughs> and be be thankful that you serve a God who who is who is willing to wipe you clean of your sin. So mm-hmm. I, I just feel as though that yeah. was that was a uh, impactful when I growing up um, and the older I get, I, I feel like I, uh, older I got, you know, as I'm growing, I feel like I uh, can be more honest about that as well. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and add to E-Man, I think every Christian, we all have two things in common. We were all sinners. We all have a testimony and then God saved us. So we're yeah. all connected. So it doesn't, <laughs> And I've said it before, it's like, I think 
now I'm not saying E-Man said this, but I think people get too wrapped up in having the dirtiest and <laughs> nastiest testimony <laughs> other than saying, God, save me. Yeah. Uh, yeah they, they, they glorify the sin more than the, than the Redeemer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So my point to all that was, so E-Man, the, the same fuel that I have, being a person that didn't grow up in church, didn't... Um, wasn't around Jesus, didn't know Jesus is until I moved to Atlanta in 2004. We moved here in 2001, so I had three years here where he wasn't even on my radar. And then in 04 is when I, when Jesus grabbed me. Um, my testimony is strong for that reason, but yours still has the same fire as me because of the protection side, because he did guard you from seeing all that. You, you saw the goodness in him. You saw, yeah, you're, I like the way you say that. Your mud wasn't like red clay or like dark mud, but it, I mean, it was still a little dusty. You know, it's like yeah. just because, <laughs> right, right. Just, just because right. of our sin nature. So, yeah. Yeah. And so that is, um, that's a cool, cool story, Rico. For, and that fueled you. And so, yeah, now you're sharing your life with three individuals that their life will forever be changed, no doubt. Um, right, for sure. Which is, I mean, if you're, you're working in Christian work and preaching and doing that kind of stuff, um, the, the, the thought or the idea of us being adopted into the family of Christ. I mean, you got like a boom, boom testimony <laughs> story, yeah. preach it. It's going to be impactful and people are going to be touched. And that's cool when God does those things like that. Yeah. And it helps me to realize, you know, like I said, the head trip that you decide to say when God called you and, you know, you think that what pastors are supposed to be and your mind goes and you, 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 you are that image that you think you are supposed to be and God said I didn't call you for that you know mm-hmm. I call you for this mission this is your mission three kids it was four at first three kids that are going to be in your house and not only that once I give them three to you and I know that you can juggle those well mm-hmm. oh let me give you 300 uh, or, or 1300 more you know <laughs> and so here I'm at a creek side <laughs> and sure enough all these children man it's like God how can you keep doing this I'm just so grateful you know yeah. for all of what you're doing and I'm thinking I want to do electrical but I love kids, man. I love children. I love the fact that I can impact them in a Christian environment. Where you I know were that probably good with up. your employees, too, weren't you? Say it again now. You were probably good with your employees, too. Yeah, I am. I, I yeah. think my, my employees, they, they do love kids. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that experience that I get to receive from them with, the, you know, being back in school again, in education, I never thought I'd see myself in education. Although I did want to teach electrical and man, guess what he's doing now? Science classes, kids want to know how to do stuff with resistors. And I mean, I'm talking about AC and DC theory and they got their eyes wide open. Mm-hmm. And it's like, really, God, this is how you plan for me to do that? And yeah. it's like, wow. And I love it, man. I'm feeding off of this every day. Yeah. And so, yeah, and every time uh, we uh, play, uh, Rico's not just faking it for the podcast either, like acting like he's so no. excited. Every time we get together, he, he literally says, like, man, I love what I do. Man, I love what <laughs> I do. He says it all the time. And, and he to the point where I feel guilty because that is not how I always feel. And I should. Right. Like I live a, a life of blessing. Like I, there's no doubt that. I mean, it's just what it is. Like God mm-hmm. is too good to me. And um I try to be as obedient as I can. 
and try to follow as tight as I can. And so I have those moments though, where I'm like, Oh man, I just don't, the human side takes over and I don't want to do that. And I don't want to be a part of that. And I don't care about that decision. Would someone else just make it whatever, you know, whatever it may be. And then I'll go play golf with Rico and he's like, Oh man, I'm so happy with what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. And I'm like, yeah, what a loser I am just complaining about God's trying to use me for these massive things. And I'm complaining. And here's Mr. Rico over here, just super excited. So same with like Mike. I mean, he goes out every day, does like compared to what I do, a real job where he's working on vehicles and meeting people and, and doing all these things. And if anybody wants to complain about work, I think in this group, it could be Mike. He it might work Mike. the hardest. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> um, and Emac's just getting I, I his feet slid, wet. So. I slid under a trailer yesterday, and then the day I was sliding under trucks. Yeah. <laughs> and all I did today yeah. was like slide from like the couch to the kitchen and then back to my computer. I mean, I didn't, I didn't right. slide anywhere, bro. I didn't yeah, slide now, anywhere either. Now, there are days when it's 115 outside, and I'm laying on the asphalt, sliding under these trucks and trailers. I said, Lord, any day you're ready for me to do something else, I am all ears. I am <laughs> I said, but he hasn't said nothing, so back under yeah. the truck back I go. Under the trailer I go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you yeah. gotta love it. And so yeah, that um that's amazing, Rico. And that's a that, that's partly why I wanted you to be on here. One, because we're friends and I just think it's always good for people to see uh people working together for a common goal. But I knew you had that story in you and um, I think it's inspiring for people to hear um, how God is working in people's lives um, for the next generation. And you're not even talking yeah. about the next generation. You're talking about kids that you do that are probably like five generations, six generations back. Yes. Yes. These these are three-year-olds, you know, mm. and every time they see me, Mr. Davis, Mr. Davis. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. That's one you brought to me <laughs> to impact and empower, you know. Uh, today, he even showed me even worse that you thought it was just extended care. You thought it was just aftercare. And he shows me on the West Campus, you know, on the, which is the middle school, the high school, the middle school through high school. And, you know, so the principal is out today on the lower academy, which is K3 through five. Uh, can you stand in and be me today? So I'm like, <laughs> sure. So I go around walking the whole school today and, you know, all day long, we don't have any incidences, but I'm the principal. Mr. Davis, mm -hmm. you're the principal. Yes, I am the principal today. So I went from, you know, just all these things that God is saying, there's no label on you when you're working for me. You know, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. there's no label on you. You, you glorify me in whatever capacity I put you in. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what's that verse that uh, whatever you do, work accordingly to, unto the Lord as if mm. you, or I can't pronounce, but that, that verse. Yeah. yeah. And I used to watch the Colossians clock, something. Mike, Mike, you're the Bible Colossians Bible, come on, man. Yeah. Is it 323? It says, work as you work unto the Lord and not unto man. There you go. Right. And, and when I say that, work as if you're working unto the Lord, I don't ever watch the clock. I don't ever see the clock. Yeah. I got there. This, I'll get my kids up in the morning that you work up at 5 o'clock. And I just got three, home at 23. Yeah, and I just got home at 6.30. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just time flies. Yeah. It does. We were saying, Eman, Eman's new to the workforce, so he was uh, learning the phrase. <laughs> what, why world, why are you laughing? I mean, he is. I mean, what do you mean? He's, he's young. He's new. I he's mean, just... I've been working since I've been out of high school. I mean, okay. You worked at Truett. You yeah. worked at... You know, Mr. Oh, yeah, D's Electric. Yeah, oh, I apologize for any of my out there. Yeah, what? 
I, I'm not gonna repeat it. Somebody <laughs> might really, somebody might really, really hey, enjoy it. I, you know, so if I, you didn't get it the first time, you won't get it the second time. I love, yeah. I love <laughs> eating at Truitts, but everyone that I've gotten a job at Truitts hates Truitts. Like I don't know what happens over there when you're an employee at Truitts, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm no, nothing bad against you guys over at Truitts. I think you guys are awesome. Keep giving us food, but right. everyone that works there is like, don't work there. Like it is crazy. <laughs> Uh, and I got a lot of kids' jobs there because uh, when kids get out of high school, they're like, oh, Pastor Russell, can you get me a job? Of course. I call. They interview them. If you don't mess it up, you got a job. Um, yeah. They always come back like, man, you got any other jobs? <laughs> like, do you have anything else? you have any more plugins <laughs> anywhere else? <laughs> that that happened to me over here at Creekside when I was asking you about, you know, oh, yeah. can I send a child away for an yeah. interview? Uh-huh. You came back from the interview. It's like, nah, I think I'm gonna do something else. I'm like, yeah. Really? <laughs> what are you gonna do? I wanna do nails. I'm like, you want to work at Chick Fil A? Something. Something about bread and that chicken turns you turns yeah. them off. They don't. They don't. They don't show you the the uh, the amount of work you put in once you. But like, they they get you buttered up real nice for the interview, <laughs> and then your face first day of work, you're like, oh no, oh this no, is this is not what you said. <laughs> You're not ready to serve. This didn't start out being a Chick-fil-A Truett's bashing session. I was just saying that E-Man just joined the workforce, so he used the phrase yeah. a couple of weeks ago, if you do a job you love, then you don't ever work a day in your life. Um, right. And so, you know, that's kind of what you're saying, that you love it, so it's not really work for you. You just, you do it, and you do it to the glory of God, and, and that's, if you can find that in life, I mean, that is the honey, that's the sweet spot, right? I mean, that's like the honey hole if you could find what you yeah. love. I thought you were frozen for a second the way you're just looking at me. It's like your Zoom call almost froze. <laughs> you were just in deep thought. So, uh, Mike, what, what do you think about um, that, the, the work aspect of it and uh, loving? I actually have a story about that deal. Um, hang on, let me let this cat out. <laughs> while Man. Mike White walks away, I do have yeah. something though. Go ahead. Um, I got a good story. I'm gonna walk away. I, I, I do like the fact because I, I watched a, a TED talk probably yesterday about. Uh, I hope I hope nobody was seeing this TED talk and can quote me. But living your life with the three A's: uh, your attitude, uh, oh man, uh, your your attention to detail, and lastly, your authenticity. Mm -hmm. I, I feel as though. Uh, and that, that ties very closely to the Christian walk. Uh, if you got an attitude for Christ, I guarantee, I guarantee you'll be good. You, uh, your authenticity to be a Christ-like Christian, I feel like that life is going to be good. And same with the attention to detail. Everybody you impact, oh man, this guy, so, this guy's different because of something. And if you can, I mean, the three A's of life. And the guy that the guy that gave the TED talk was basically saying, we we as humans get so caught up in the Oh man, uh, we got we got to be in traffic. Oh man, it's that in the fifth, it's that in the third. We Ooh. never pay attention to the to the little things like, oh man, I I have water in my refrigerator. Oh man, <laughs> I, my my, I, my lights turn on. Like I mean, the little things in life, and uh, I, I think that's one thing I've been working on this week, trying to be <clears> thankful <throat> for the little things and be uh, content with the little things in life, because not everybody has those those qualities and those well those amenities. That's a better word to say such as water, such as we got, we're able to be four, four different locations at the same time on Zoom. That's that's amazing because once upon a time, that wasn't a possibility. That wasn't mm -hmm. even a thought in a lot of people's, uh, people's mindset, but I feel as though uh, the three A's, attitude, attention to detail, and uh, authenticity are big on 
how, how we as Christians are, are to live. Um, but that's enough of my TED talk. <laughs> For sure. That, we went around the room on our leadership, at our leadership luncheon on Sunday, and I asked them, what does it look, because our focus for the last two years has been um, creating me a pure heart, Psalm 5110, you mm -hmm. know, God created me a pure heart. And so I was going around the room saying, when you think about leading with a pure heart, what, what do you think of? Like, what, what is your, what's, what's coming out of you? What is your leading like a pure heart exude from you? And um, sincerity, authenticity, those type things were at the top of the list. Like, and mm -hmm. I agree with you, as you're living the Christian life, and especially us that have been called even above living the Christian life, but leading others into living the Christian life, if you're not authentic, then, dude, you're done for. Like, you're done before you even started. Um, people can sense fake from across the room. Like, I know I can. If you can't, then you would be gullible Ooh. and people could get over on you. And so right. um, I, I think that I can sense when people are fake. Me and Rico play golf all the time, and we pass a lot of people, you talk to a lot of people, and there's some people that drive off and we're like, man, I wouldn't mess with that guy if he like yeah. begged me to mess around with that guy. So it's like, some people are just, they put on a show and as uh, we don't have that, um, we, we can't, like there's no show with us. Like it has to be real because if it's not, people are gonna see us in our everyday life and they're gonna call us out on it. And you don't wanna be that. I mean, how terrible would that be? And like we've seen Christian leaders get called to the carpet for making bonehead choices and how terrible yeah. their lives have become. And so not cool. So, Mike, you, you had something you said. Yeah. To, to add to what Rico was saying earlier about working under the Lord and pastor, you were right. It's uh, Colossians three twenty three. It says, whatever you do, do it enthusiastically as something done for the Lord and not for men. That's a Holman translation. Mm -hmm. but it, I think it kind of just translates uh, down to work unto the Lord, not unto man. Right. Sure. And so to add to that, I was telling Haley last night, I said, I'm, I wanted to try something different. And I would encourage you guys to not necessarily do what I'm about to tell you, but if like you were saying, Russell, uh, if we're going to follow Christ, let's actually follow him <laughs> and just pick one thing out. He wanted just one of his teachings and, and do it, apply it to your life. And so what I did and not saying I didn't do it, but I, I was knowingly and purposely doing this. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so the first of the year and no, this was not a resolution. The, f the first of the year, I was like, I'm actually going to purposely put God first in my work. And so what I would do is when I'd go out and do these jobs or uh, like Rico, you know, when you have a job, they want you to bid it, you know, give them, give them an mm -hmm. estimate so they know what they're looking for. They don't get sticker shopping. And so I would go out, I would do the work. My, my work ethic didn't change. My integrity was still there. And I did it all, but I wasn't necessarily focused on getting paid for the job. You know, right. I, I still want to get paid for my work, but I was, I was saying, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this job. But the whole time, unless I smash my hand, I'm going to have God on my mind while I'm doing this. 
Now, if I smash my hand, I got other things on my mind. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going. I was like, wait a minute. I completely understand. Yeah, yeah. You smash your hand, you, you're not thinking about God. You might be, but there's going to be some words after that. Uh, but, and I told Haley this last night. And so the past six weeks, uh, I, I really don't know how to explain it, but there has been a change in, in my thought process when I do that. So ironically, you guys mentioned the Colossians 3.23, and I put that into action. I purposely got it. Oh, there's one of them. He's shirtless too. <laughs> Uh, That's Jackson. <laughs> he's like, who's that talking? <laughs> uh, but but I but I purposely did that just just to see, and not that I didn't, but that that was all I was really focused on is doing that one thing. Yeah, and I think and I, I think in, in intentionality and in a lot of the aspects of us uh, leading as Christians is is a huge part of it because I think, like you said, it's not like you weren't trying to work for the Lord before, but you were consciously thinking about it. And so mm-hmm. something that might've maybe irked you or maybe might've not even, maybe something God might've been trying to say to you in, during those days, if you weren't intentionally thinking about it, could have passed by. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's always good. Cause I think there's practices that we do that we don't even think about. We do. And so when we start to begin to think about them again, um, maybe we kind of either are more impacted by them. We're more in tune with what the Holy Spirit is trying to say. We're not just doing them out of, I know I'm supposed to do this, but today I'm going to intentionally focus on this. And it's just, I, I like that, Mike. That's a great, I mean, yeah, I would love to see E-Man if you and I could find something and then um, yeah, like, just, all right, me and E-Man yeah, tried this. And really let's see. focus in <laughs> on one of his teachings and purposely every day for whatever length of time you want to set it, focus on that. Regardless mm-hmm. of what else goes on in the day, focus on that one thing. And I'm telling you, it's it's made a difference and it's made an impact on my life and it's made a difference. But I, I and like I was telling Haley last night, I was like, I, I really don't know what it is, but it, it's a it's a good good difference and it's mm-hmm. almost like a very clean feeling yep. a very fresh feeling uh it's like you went out and did a job you know that the, the money is going to come with the job that's kind of a given well hopefully hopefully a given yeah anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all uh, things considered yeah it, it's in the plan it's part of the plan but to go out do the job and you're doing your work and you're focusing on the Lord and it's like, he's right there hanging out with you. And, you know, and then later you get paid, but it's something about doing that meditating on him. It's, it's a very, very different. It's a very unique feeling. And it's only a feeling that you're going to get from him through his spirit. Let me just say something on, on, on on what you're saying there. Okay. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I couldn't hear you, man. Speak up. (laughs) (laughs) We just found some candy. Hey, <laughs> <So>. Jackpot, <laughs> baby. You're right. Okay, we're not gonna let mama hear. So, so what? What, what he's actually what? I, what? I, what I hear him, and this is what I do, 
And I mean, I know the feeling he's saying is that when you have that feeling of knowing that you're connected, I have learned pretty much to just to surrender the outcome. Mm-hmm. I got no more control of it. Yeah. Just be me. Just be there present. Let me use your recall and surrender the outcome to me. And because I prepared you, I've equipped you for the position that I'm going to put you in, the people I'm in front of you. You just let that go. Rest of it is mine. Mm-hmm. And so that piece is uh, I got the talent. Like I was doing electrical. I was always man ready to get finished sometimes. Mm-hmm. That was my, I was not surrendering the outcome. But I was, I had the talent to do it and it made the job last longer. It made it just feel like it was just taxing. With these children, man, he showed me, hey, just surrender the outcome. You're prepared to be a father. You're prepared to lead them and guide them in, in the word. And you're prepared to show them, you know, a family what, in, in all of these things that, you know, uh, all of these things, I'll show this son. And, but it just made sense to me, you know, mm-hmm. and it just, it just led me to realize I was able to be faithful then in the small things. What, what he's and, really telling you, Rico, with all the kids is like, you think you're in control? Yeah, <laughs> that's what he's telling you. He's yeah. like, here, thank you, six kids, and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty and awesome. I, cause, go ahead, go ahead, Rico. Yeah, then I learned that you know those pillars. The, 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 when it came to be challenging, I just like since I since I surrendered the outcome, even when the challenges came up, you know, I presented that as a training ground. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, just embrace this. Russell, that's why you lose that golf so much. <laughs> yeah, we know that's not a fact. So, I mean, yeah. don't, make me start, don't make me start sending already. photos. I know I can hit the ball, but it's like my kids, I know I can be a father, but I'm just surrendering everything, man. And I use these challenges. Rico, take this moment and grow from it because you're not going to get through it until you get, get done with it. I brought this challenge to you and I know you can take it. So embrace it, enjoy it. And so I learned that through, you know, a lot of time on my own, going through depression and challenging myself to be what I thought I needed to be. And once I let that go, man, it was like, it's all easy. Yeah. You know, it's easy to be Rico. What were you about? Yeah. What were you about to say, Emmanuel? Uh, And I was going to piggyback off because you you all have kids. I don't. But at the same time, I am somebody's child. Um, So I think it's beautiful seeing adults and parents basically you know especially what rico said yeah you're equipped to to be a parent you're equipped to, to do do the teaching of a parent and uh bring forth a, a what you believe to be as a good child but at the same time you're raising somebody to think independently act independently be independent but also take an account that you raised them in in a christ-like way so i think it's it's funny um because I, I never forget when my brother was getting to, I, I was just saying as is, feeling himself, I guess you can say, <laughs> and being able to, you know, I, I can make a decision on my own type situation. And it was like, it's because parents, you do so hard, you, you work so hard to, oh, I raised in church, I raised this way, I raised, 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 raised in this such a, in such a way. And I think when it, as it could be defeating sometimes when your kid may not follow or, or it could be rejoicing when it's like, oh, they did, great. So I, I just find it uh, pretty unique that you said that because you're you, you did you're doing your part as a parent. Um, yeah. I don't I don't have kids, so I, I don't know what that's like. But I know yeah. my parents did their part as a parent to raise me, and the Bible says it to raise me in the in the way I should go. And when I become older, I won't depart with, uh, far mm-hmm. from it. And yeah, I may stumble, I may fall, but I know how to get back to it. And I think that's Rico, like you said, what you're doing. 
And uh, it's, it, to me, that's just a beautiful thing, being able to raise independent, uh, strong, strong-minded children. Yes, you want them to be everything that you didn't have as a child or you growing up, growing up, but at the same time, you want them to understand that there's a God that loves you indefinitely, regardless of your faults, just like for you all fathers, you love your children, regardless of what they do. Um, but uh, that was a pretty, that, that just opened my eyes to that. So yeah, that mm-hmm. cool. for sure. Yeah, and it's so hard as a dad, um, everyone can relate, and except for E-Man, but as a father, I mean, you're not only called to lead your spouse, you're called to lead your kids, you're called to be a, like a, a pillar in the community, like to, to, to lead others. I mean, in the, in the world we live in now, um, I don't know stats in front of me right now, but um, there's a lot of single moms, single dads. I think and there was a time when there was mainly single moms and, you know, dads were getting um, the, the short end of the stick, like dads are terrible and all this stuff. But I think that everyone's terrible. Like, I think there's just as many single dads now as there are single moms and all these things. I mean, it's just like... Um, a lot is on a lot of people and we want we want to do as much as we can before they get out of our control um, because we want to I mean for me my whole thing is I'm just trying to not protect you from all the evil of the world but I'm trying to let you see what it is and protect you from ever being involved in it like you can see it and know it's there and be alert and don't be naive and don't be a sucker and all these things I want my kids to be street smart and all that Um, but not to get involved in it because it's just like I'm trying to protect them from getting there like I did and others have. And so, yeah, yeah it's tough, though, like Rico's saying and E-Man's recognizing it's hard because you really have no control and you're like, all right, then the final thing is on you, God. And you have told me that from the get go, like it's on you. You never said it was on me. Somehow I put it on me. And now <laughs> now I'm like acting <laughs> like I'm doing something, giving it back to you. <laughs> Let, me right. Let me drive the car. Let me drive the car. Yeah. Michael, you about to say something? You leaned up. I was trying to uh, find Old Testament uh, story to go along with Rico. Uh, I can't recall what king it was, but uh, the Lord God asked uh, King. I thought it was was King Ahad, but I may have for, forgot that. But he goes, "Look, you want me to go out here and fight this battle? You're telling me to fight. You need to get down here and help me." Then, <laughs> and he did. Yeah, because to uh, what I usually say, not exactly what Rico says, but it's along the same principle. Is uh, if if God asked you to go down a road. He's not going to, he's either going to prepare you going down it or he's already prepared you to go down it. And if he asked you to go down there, he'll take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. There's no yeah, reason. I keep, I keep banking on, like when I first, I think it's just because when I first uh, took over as lead pastor or as interim pastor, whatever, we preached through the book of Joshua and and, and I think that that was God. I mean, I say that I picked that book, but I feel like God led me to that book because I was in the same like mindset and heart set as Joshua, where he was following behind this leader that we had esteemed so high and, and people were following and, and, you know, knew forever. And he was right on the heels of it. And it was like, how do you follow that and, and, and even feel equipped to do that? And I was so encouraged by the Joshua scripture that said, like, God would tell them, wherever your feet step, I've already been there. Like wherever I tell you to wow. go, I've already gone before you. And so mm-hmm. it was just like, man, who am I to act fearful or doubtful or any of that when when wherever God sends me to, 
Um, he's already went there, and, and if he deems it fit for me to go there, I'm going. Like, I'll walk into any situation if I feel like God told me to do it without fear. Um, I've preached in places that were um, not, like, comfortable in the setting or whatever. Um, but I, if God told me to go, then I just went and did it and um, didn't even think about the people I was preaching to. I was preaching God's word, and so I was being obedient to what he told me to do, whatever his Holy Spirit wanted to say to them. The cool thing about God is you can actually be like, that's on you, God, because he says that. Like He literally says that in his word, that we are not the ones called to create the change, that we're called to share the gospel, share the truth, be the example to people, and then the Holy Spirit does the actual work. Like the Holy Spirit does the actual change in people's hearts. And so, yeah, trusting him with the outcome. You know, what's the scripture, Mike, where Paul said, I know what it's like to have a lot. I know what it's like to have a little. And I've learned in both of those situations just to be content with where God has me. Because wherever, whatever he has me experiencing in that moment is whatever I needed in that moment to, to be successful. And so that's a yeah, good observation and conversation. I appreciate that. Um, the scripture we were going to read tonight, and we're down to the last few minutes of the podcast. Time flies by when we get on here, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> sorrow will turn to joy. And so it kind of goes a little bit with Rico's testimony, with some of the things mm-hmm. we talked about tonight. Um, in verse six, in chapter did, six. Uh, before, before you get going, yeah. that was uh, Philippians 4. That was that I just read? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, Philippians 4, uh, 4.12. I'm going to start with 10. It says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. And once again, you renewed your care for me. You were, in fact, concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know both how to have a little, and I know how to have a lot. And in any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Still, you did well by sharing with me in my hardships. Mm-hmm. And so contentment is, uh, I, I talk about it all. I mean, I probably don't go one week without mentioning it in a sermon at some point. I don't know why God just keeps leading me there, but being content with where he has us is like such a huge thing. It guards against envy. It guards against me trying to make myself more than I am. It protects me from trying to meet some standard that I've made on my own. All those kind of things. Um, being content with where God has me. Like Rico said, trusting him with the outcome. I mean, it, it right. just alleviates all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me read the scripture and then we'll see if we can have any more conversation before we got to go. It says, these things I have spoken to you. Just This is coming on the hills of last week. We talked about if the world hated you, then it hated me, then it's definitely going to hate you. Um, in my father's house, all these things. And then it ended by saying, but when the helper comes, the Holy Spirit whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father. He will testify of me, and you will bear great witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. So he is encouraging his disciples and letting them know that when I am going away, and the world's not going to like you, but I'm sending a helper to be with you. Then he says this, he says, These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogue, just the time is coming, that whoever kills you will think that he offers God's service, and these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me, that these things I have told you, that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you, 
but now I go away with him who sent me, and none of you ask me where are you going, because, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to, to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin, because they do not believe in me of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more of judgment, because the ruler of the world is judged. And then we'll wrap up here. So I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when the Holy Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, and he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will make of mine and declare it to you. And so really, it's just a whole section of just encouraging us that, yeah, Jesus is going away, but we're not alone. The Holy Spirit is here, and everything that the Holy Spirit is going to guide us into, everywhere the Holy Spirit led Rico from, from the moment he left Mount Zion till he went to Eagle's Landing, till he had Miller Electric, till he went to his own place, till he got... Um, hurt till he was going through depression till he had the kids and now what he's doing now the holy spirit led him to every one of those things like mm -hmm. it wasn't just by chance these random things were happening you e man the whole from the moment you've been born the holy spirit has been guiding and directing your parents to get you to the point now where you're looking around going wow they did a really good job because it's hard these guys are talking about how hard it is and then mine and mike's testimony is very similar that we didn't know jesus uh -oh. like we were just out there trying to live life and um, doing what we do, and God called us and grabbed us in miraculous ways, and now here we are. And so it's like, um, yeah, praise the Lord for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Yeah. Praise him. <laughs> so that was good. Yeah, it's all good, man. So Rico, we appreciate you coming on tonight, dude. Thanks for joining. I think people enjoy this, um, and 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 we would like to have you back at other times as we as we do this because I think again it shows partnership, it shows friendship, and it shows people trying to live out the call, like Mike said, actually doing what Jesus said do. So we we love you, man. Thank you for being a part. Thanks for having me, man. Yes, all right, thanks for coming, Rico. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, Mike, any right, closing? Any, any Rico? Don't okay. go out yet. Just stay with I'm us until we say bye. Uh, Mike, you got anything before we get out of here? You want me to do my Super Bowl rant? Oh yeah. Well, I, the only reason I'm I feel if you feel like I'm rushing you a little bit, it's only because my battery's dying really quick. Um, it's plugged in, but for some reason it says not charging. So if you can get it out when my battery goes from four percent to zero, go. Go ahead. I'll Ooh, save it for next six. week after save, the Super Bowl. Yeah, after save your rant for after the Super Bowl. We don't want to make anybody mad before the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys, like, subscribe, go out and share with your friends. Hey, God loves you no matter where he has you right now. He's working in your life. He's molding you. He's shaping you. He wants you to be encouraged in his spirit and do go out and do things to bring him glory with your life. So don't give up. Keep pressing on and give God the glory and honor. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. We'll catch up with you next week.